Um, six episodes, man. Six episodes is not enough. I feel like it's not enough, but uh, gave us six good episodes. I'm thinking like, you know, um, and just to throw this out there for people who are going to join in and listening and everything. Um, spoiler. So you know this. We're going to talk about the Loki series. We're going to talk about everything that happened in the season finale and prior. So if you don't want to, uh, you know, listen or be spoiled, I would suggest not listen to this episode or be in the green room. So, anyways, um, another successful Marvel show, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about how about that? How about that? Three, three for three. Three for three. three. For three. Three for three so far in 2021. I mean, it's no misses. Um, and I think, you know, Loki, I mean, you guys will have time to share your thoughts, but didn't fail my expectations. You know, it was uh, definitely a uh, on your seat series. You're not going to know what's going to happen next and what's going on. And so, yeah, I mean, what do you I loved it. Um, like you said, Sheldon, it has you on the edge of your seat, you know, the whole time, especially the last episode. Um, in my personal opinion, we will talk more about the ending, but in my opinion, this is not, don't take this as fact, but uh, I like the finale more than the finale of WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I know inevitably we're going to be comparing this show with those shows, but I, I'm glad you said like what you said earlier, Sheldon, that all three shows are good. You know, like I know we talked about how right. you can have multiple things being good and just because one we like one more than the other one, it doesn't mean that the other one is trash. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to get away from that kind of exactly. discourse. But uh focusing specifically on this show, I liked it overall, like all six episodes. And I also like the fact that we are getting to season two, as we saw in the post credit stinger right. in the finale, because right. this story was a very impactful story for the MCU. I mean you talk about like the the scope. One thing I would say, guys, is that I was very surprised by the overall scope of this show. Like I did not expect going in that this show would end up, you know, essentially this show is a game changer and it's, it's changing the game for the MCU here on out because now we officially have the multiverse. The multiverse is not just a theory anymore. It's no longer something that's being teased. It is officially here. You know what I mean? So and we're going to get presumably the next big bad with Kang the Conqueror or a variant of, you know, variants of Kang the Conqueror. We'll see. But um, we go, so it, it does introduce what I believe is going to be the next big threat because you don't introduce a character like Kang the Conqueror and, and basically like defeat him or kill him off in one movie. That's just not going to happen. But I, I really did like kind of like the off kilter weird, weirdness of this show, like with the TVA manipulating time, talking about different timelines. I feel like each episode, it really did have you like on the edge of your seat, figuring out like, you know, what's happening? Like who is Miss Minutes? You know, who's really behind the TVA? Who are the timekeepers? You know, uh, who's Sylvie? You know, uh, where are all these variants coming from? Like there's so many questions on this show. And of course we know they're not all going to get answered in this show, but we did get a, a good a good amount of answers to still have a good story. Um, there's still more to come with this story in season two and in other movies. But I really did like just the the overall feel of this show. Very, you know, sci-fi, um, a lot of weirdness. I mean, there's an alligator version of Loki, you know, alligator Loki and just different stuff like that. This, the show is weird in a good way. And that's I really like that theme throughout. 
Yeah. Yo, let me ask you a question, yo. All right, it's for you, Raheem, too. All right. I'm going to take it back a little bit. All right, bear with me. Bear with me. Y'all remember Peter Quill, right? Right? Of course. All right, y'all remember Infinity War, right? Of course, right? Mm. All right. So you remember how everybody was hating on Peter Quill, right? About, like, you know, him not keeping his cool. Uh, and, you know, when Iron Man, Spider-Man, everybody was holding Thanos down. And, you know, he was asking where was Gamora. And, you know, they almost got the gauntlet off, but Peter Quill lost his cool, right? All right? He did. Yeah, I remember that. All right. All right. And so, remember, you know, all right, what happened? All right, he lost his cool, kept hitting Thanos in the head with his gun, blah, blah, blah. All right. Thanos broke free. All right. So, we got all this stuff done happen, right? And, you know, you know, this is how I, this is how I received it. Everybody put the finger towards Star-Lord correct so i'm here to tell y'all first that sylvie literally just did the same thing as peter quill Mm. literally we just got the next 10 movies because of sylvie (laughs) for real we just got the next Mm. 10 movies because of sylvie now before raheem jumps in and says that well no that was different it ain't different bro it ain't (laughs) different bro it's not different at all it's not different because and here's the thing that was the crazy thing about it though <laughs> like like <laughs> that moment Devontae elaborated on it a little bit came the conqueror that's not a one movie deal that's not a one tv show deal that's not an enemy you take care of in one movie that's a big bad um for those comic book heads who enjoyed the you know the comic series of all of them you know the avengers versus king the conqueror ain't ant-man dr strange and he has a lot of appearances and like especially in the 616 uh, series or 616 series um you know how king the conqueror gets down i mean there was one instance when he like uh completely destroyed the first avengers and the new avengers had to come up and like taking place, like take the the old Avengers place, something like that. I forgot what comic book series that was, but like he's a big bad, right? And so um, you're deal- dealing with definitely a huge universe building character, and what a great way to introduce him at the final season of Loki. Um, and I thought it was kind of cool how. All right, so in the beginning of Loki, right, we had the scene of the Battle of New York and Shatari, and we seen one direction how Loki went towards the big bad, how NCU went towards the big bad, which was Thanos, right? Because uh, that post credit scene in the first Avengers, you know, when we first seen Thanos, uh, you know, turn his head in the chair, it's like, oh, snap, Thanos, he's a big bad in the universe. It's kind of cool seeing at the end of this same series, uh, same timeline quotation marks uh, in Loki the season finale that the tables have turned and we went to a different big bad and this big bad is going to be he who remains aka one of the variants of King the Conqueror and so I just thought I just wanted to throw that out there about Sylvie because nobody I feel, I feel like quotation mark I may be wrong feel like nobody's talking about this Sylvie decision right I'm a Star Lord fan and so I was hot when people like blamed all this stuff on Star Lord, but for some reason Sylvie's getting a pass. But it's good though, right? It's a benefit to us because now we're gonna have some fire movies come out. Mm, I'm interested in hearing what you had to say, Raheem. I'm gonna let you take this one. 
Or can he? Can he say something? <laughs> um, actually, I agree. Like when I I remember watching that final episode and being like, "What have you done?" But it's funny though because like as I was watching the final episode, like all of a sudden in my brain, like everything that Marvel was doing started falling into place. Like all of a sudden I could see it. I could see the vision that Marvel has. And, you know, and not to say that, you know, oh, you know, I know everything that Marvel's going to do because Marvel's good, you know, Marvel's good enough to where, you know, they can go left field, you know, and it still works. But I like as I was watching that episode of um of Loki, the final episode, right? And um and I saw where the timelines were branching, all of a sudden I started thinking about the next Marvel show, which is What If, right? Where it has multiple timelines and different outcomes of different events, like Peggy Carter becoming Captain Britain, T'Challa becoming Star Lord with uh oh man, I to find out that that was going to be uh, Chadwick Boseman's final role, right. that one actually, like you know, like broke my heart a little bit. Um, but I can't wait for that episode though, um, to see uh, T'Challa as Star Lord. Um, but all, but also like, I I could also see like how this could possibly connect now to the Sony universe since uh, MCU's Michael Keaton's uh, MCU's Vulture, a uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture is going to be. In um, Morbius, one of the few, yeah, he's going to be in uh, Morbius. Like, like now it's like, okay, I see how these things can possibly connect and how it could work based off of Loki. Now, with that being said, when um, you know, when he who remains, like, finally made it onto the screen, even though they didn't say his name, you know, his um, his comic book name, like, I was still kind of like, oh snap, right. Um, and admittedly, when I was by myself, snap wasn't the word that I used. Um, had, uh, you know, take a couple steps back on that one, but, um, but yeah, like I was, I was super excited, right? But yeah, like Sylvie did pull a Star Lord. Um, and I could understand, I, I felt like heartbroken for, like, you know, man Loki. Um, you know, because he spent all that time with her, and he, you know, he actually ended up falling in love, and they, you know, almost created a Nexus event. Um, but um, I can also understand her motivation. Like, her whole reason for being was to kill whoever was behind the TVA for pruning her timeline. So I could see why she wanted to finish the deal. Star Lord, on the other hand, just gave. Like, Star Lord, on the other hand, he didn't go into this thing like, yo. I'm just gonna smack Thanos with my gun Thanos with my gun because I want to. Like he got like he was overcame in the moment. Like, like even though I still believe that Sylvie pulled a Star Lord, like I still think they're I, I think the reason why Sylvie's is a little more forgivable is because this has been her mission from jump. Star Lord wasn't like, yo, I'ma smack Thanos with my gun, like for you know, for you know, like three movies. He was pretty much like, you know, he was pretty much like, you know, free willing and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, Thanos killed Gamora, and he lost his mind and started smacking Thanos when he almost had the Infinity Gauntlet off of him. Now, with that being said, 
now that the TVA is, you know, since the TVA existed, we learned that, you know, hey, that needed to happen in order for everything else to play out to keep the sacred timeline intact. Um, you know, I, I think that even though Sylvie did pull a star, even though Sylvie did pull a Star Lord, I think because that was her mission from day one, like she made no bones about it. Like she didn't even like try to hide it. Like she was out to like kill whoever was behind the TVA. I think that's why she got a pass because it was like, yo, I did what I said I was going to do. Um, but yeah, like I, I personally like the series. Like this series definitely mattered as far as like uh the grand scheme of things in the MCU. And I think the reason why I mean the way they ended everything, they it definitely ended on like one of the biggest cliffhangers, right? Because all of a sudden it's just like, yo, like these people who I spent this time with, why don't they know me? Like what's going on? Then all of a sudden you see a new statue of He Who Remains and the timekeepers, uh and the time variance authorities um i don't want to call it a layer but you know like wherever they operate out of like that's like kang is now there um so yeah i but overall i enjoy the series um i can't wait for season two i i for one can't wait to see like how this is going to impact Marvel going forward, although I already have ideas of how it's going to impact Marvel going forward with the what ifs with uh, Sony connecting to the MCU now, like being able to trade characters back and forth. Like, yo, like also one of the things that I thought about too, like one of the things that I thought about too was now like all of a sudden all these shows that didn't matter now matter. Exactly. Like, they possibly now matter. Like Luke Daredevil Cage. now may possibly matter. Luke Cage may now possibly matter. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D may possibly matter i hope the inhumans don't matter but they may actually matter you know because of the branching timelines now so i it's just it, it's exciting it's really exciting and, and i definitely think that uh go ahead nah blade can matter now oh yeah like wesley snipes blade like go yeah. blade bro. that's the thing any anything is fair game now i mean we already know totally. they're bringing in um what's his name they're bringing in Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx as Electro back. Those Spider-Man movies are not part of the MCU. <laughs> but now, in a way, they matter because of those characters. And quite possibly exactly. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. So it's like anything is fair game now with these movies. And that's really exciting. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that we have our fans of it. We see our childhood, you know, come together like all these shows and all these movies now don't get me wrong of course we may see a lot of recasting of a lot of characters and whatnot but um to see a x-men and an avenger on the same screen or spider-man and an x-men or toby mcguire and andrew garfield and all these other characters share the same screen uh is like a childhood dream come true and because of the show, we can hope for that. You know, the Defenders, I remember we had the discussion. You know, you guys didn't like the Defenders. I actually liked the Defenders. But, like, seeing, wow. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I, I, I say Daredevil, 
I liked that Iron Fist. I loved it the first season of Luke Cage. Um, I still got to rewatch Jessica Jones. Uh, and just to show Defenders wasn't that bad. I thought, you know, for a Netflix show, it wasn't that bad. But it does matter. It matters, though. They have another shot at it. Um, and they can connect the dots. But, um, yeah. Loki. Thank you, Loki. Thank you. Thank you, Loki. You know, thank you. Know, you know, and another thing also, Sheldon, like I wanted to get into about why this show works so well. You know, we were talking about this before the show because we we're like, OK, we're dealing with a different Loki here. This this Loki that we're seeing in this show is a variant, you know, um, from going back to 2012, the first Avengers movie, the same Loki that tried to take over New York with the Chitauri army. Uh, that Loki that wanted to be a, a ruler. He wanted to, like, rule the Earth and everything. He wanted to rule Midgard. So how do you take that Loki and somehow find a way to make make sure he has character development? Because the Loki in the the original Loki had a good amount of character development going from that movie up until Avengers Infinity War when he got his next snap. Like in between that, he he did have some character growth. He did have some. And the question was, yeah, how is how is he going to have like how is this Loki going to have growth? I gotta say, guys, like from my standpoint. I was satisfied with his with his arc and his growth throughout the show uh, because even at the end, um, you know, I kept waiting, knowing Loki and knowing what makes a Loki a Loki. You know, like they were talking about, especially love that scene when all the Lokis are portraying each other, like um, on that planet, what in the void, basically. But knowing Loki, I was half expecting at the end he was going to try to pull something like he's trying to rule the TVA after all. Like, that's all he's after. You know, he's just going to betray anybody for his own gain. But in the end, that's not what he wanted. You know, in the end, when they're given the two choices by he who remains, he's like, you can either kill me and then have worse versions of myself, like other variants of myself, you know, try to, you know, basically come and try to conquer your timeline. Or you can replace me and control the TVA and try to keep the sacred timeline intact and keep my evil variants at bay. Um, Essentially, the good option there obviously was option B, but in a way that that could give Loki, at least in the eyes of Sylvie, what he would have always wanted. It would have been something that like typically you would have expected Loki to try to pull something like that, where like in the end, he's going to be the one that's going to rule or control something. But in this particular case, you know, Loki has the right reasons for doing what he wants to do and not kill um, he who remains. But the crazy thing is, though, Sylvie doesn't believe him. And that's when Loki says, like, you know, I can't be trusted and you can't trust. And so that's when they knew that they were not going to see eye to eye there. But I like that, though, because I like the fact that, like, Loki was not really scheming to try to get to the top of the TVA. I think here he realized he even said he even said to Sylvie, like, this what's going on here this threat that the he who remains talks about this is bigger than us this is bigger than our than our experience loki from you know new york in in avengers probably wouldn't have said that he probably wouldn't have cared he's like yeah sure i'll sign i'll rule the tv i'll do whatever exactly. not, not caring about what happens to the rest of the universe but this loki gets it finally he's like this is bigger than us like we need to stop this threat now and like we can't afford to be wrong like even whether this guy he who remains is lying or not we can't afford to be wrong here so i thought that was really interesting how they did still kind of have like a good arc for his character in this show exactly and this loki hasn't experienced ragnarok this loki hasn't experienced seeing his mom die or hearing the news about his heart he found all this out through like tva and timeline you know he hasn't 
you know, experienced the full failure of trying to kill his brother and even the Avengers, like getting locked up and sent back to Asgard. He hasn't experienced none of this. And all of a sudden, you know, at the end of this series, it made him compassionate enough to like, hey, you know, this route you about to take, Sylvie, may not be the best route. Um, and so I am I'm excited how they I'm I'm well, let me just say that I'm excited that Tom Hiddleston is still gonna be doing stuff for us, you know, because a lot of the other actors, um, you know, it's on I mean it's great, they did great, but it's sad that like you know, their contracts has ended. And, you know, some of them are moving on. You know, the Chris Evans and the Robert Downey Jr. and Skojo and all them, like, you know. But we still got Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Mackie, you know, Elizabeth Osborne. Uh, um, is it Osborne? Did I say Elizabeth Osborne? Olsen. Uh, Olsen. Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> I don't know why I said Osborne. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. And, uh, you know... We got some, uh, you know, uh, Sebastian Stan. We got a lot of other people who's continuing on the careers. And Tom Hiddleston is, uh, you know, another one added along to that journey, you know, keeping our childhood memories uh, going. But, uh, yeah, Devontae, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. I'm actually curious, too, of how this Loki is going to be kind of not say relevant, in upcoming Marvel movies, but what is his place now? Because we're so used to like that Loki we got in Ragnarok became uh, comedic relief. You know, it was a long way from the Avengers one Loki, and we warmed up to Loki. We like Loki now. We love Loki, especially after the show. We love him. But what is his going his role going to be um, going forward? And this universe that whatever this He Who Remains or King the Conqueror is in is already we already probably understand that like their black widow and all that all their people are still alive and so with loki having this knowledge of what happens in the future how would he break that not only that you know he has to destroy another loki to be relevant in another universe (laughs) unless he's going to run into himself again and so it's like so many it's like a mind twister is like what is happening what's going to go what's going to go down man so much content you can get from this stuff man Mm. Yeah, and you you bring up a good question, Raheem. What kind of Loki are we going to get going forward? What kind of role is he going to be in? Because, you know, before this show, he started out as a villain, you know, in Avengers. But you got to go back to his real origin back in the first Thor movie uh, to really understand his character and, you know, why he is the way he is. You know, at the end of the day, you know, he wanted the uh, he wanted the approval of Odin, you know, and we see the things that he the decisions he made in that movie with that in mind. But, you know, Loki, for the most of the MCU, has been more of a... He hasn't really fit, like, 100% villain or 100% hero, you know. Um, He's fit a very interesting role where it's like, he's not your typical character in terms of he's always good, always evil. He can, He's capable of doing good and even being good in moments, but he's also capable of having these hidden motives, you know, and actually stabbing people in the back as well. This Loki... After what everything he just endured, it would be interesting to see what role he has because can you really I can't see him going back to being the way he was before. After after everything that he just witnessed and experienced, I can't see him going back to being like old Loki just trying to like, you know, backstab people and betray people and, and things like that. This Loki, I can imagine, is gonna try to fix, you know, what's happening with this upcoming multiversal war, if we can call it that, with these different timelines clashing. But how's he going to do it? And can you really turn him into a protagonist 
meaning can you turn him into a character that is going to be you know good for the most part going forward I don't know we'll be it'll be interesting to see how they use him Right, 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 right. And you called me Raheem. It was, it was me who said it. That wasn't Raheem, y'all. My that bad, was, my bad, Sheldon. Sheldon. I meant to say Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you good, you good. Actually, it's, it's the time of the show. It's time of the episode. Official Rotten Tomatoes score by Devante. Drum roll. What's your score, Devante? Ray added uh, uh, 10 stars. All right, how many stars out of 10? I'm, I'll give this an eight. Personally, I don't know what the actual Rotten uh, Tomatoes is. I give this. I give this an eight out of ten. It's not really forget Rotten Tomatoes. It's Devante Tomatoes. So, <laughs> so, so I uh, guess that's you call that certified fresh instead of certified yeah, rotten. Yeah, exactly. So we got eight out of ten for Devante. You know, I agree with them. I agree with them. But Loki has not let us down i know i'm going back to the same thing but you know how like all right so i'm not gonna lie you know all all the all the fans out there you know i may be different from y'all i got tired i'm a marvel fan i'm a big marvel fan uh let me just put that out there i'm pretty sure y'all understand that because i wouldn't have a podcast about marvel stuff if i wasn't a big marvel fan i was kind of getting a little frustrated with Marvel a little bit uh, because I thought they were going to throw some things out there and they thought the fans were just going to be suckers and just enjoy them and eat them up and the shows were going to be bad quality the acting is going to be very lazy the plot is going to be very kind of armored and padded and all this stuff right and so I was like all right you know what I'm not going to go on the train that everybody's going on because I know it's easy for everybody. Like once one party is saying it, um, one group on Facebook, or on Twitter, or whatever in the store, or Rotten Tomato stars saying this is good. Everybody's like, "Oh, I can't say it's bad because you know everybody else gonna think I don't know my movies or I'm a, I look stupid or I, you know, I don't know my stuff." You know, so I got it. But I was coming into these shows like personally, just like, "Huh, I'm gonna give these a good evaluation." Like you know, I'm gonna see how I'm gonna feel about these shows how like what is the meat of these shows like exactly what is the message what is the production like you know i'm taking fan service out taking all my knowledge of the past marvel comics i've read and as a child and currently out and just enjoying the show like is it a good show and i would say all these shows have been great loki has been great um and you know what i actually hmm i actually have a question pretty simple for both of you guys right um uh as our last episode we was talking about black widow right and uh you know how he was liking black widow and you know um you know we had a moment with uh, even one of the listeners in the group about you know just far-fetched things and all that and um blah 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 now loki's a little bit different right because loki is a straight fiction right it's like yeah tva magic enchantments blah 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 like you know um we kind of get it how do they continue forward and i guess this goes along with the question in the statement i made earlier Devontae, about how they continue making loki relevant how do they continue on season two with providing the same energy they did in season one because i feel like personally they can start spewing out the fan services now in season two like it's kind of like all right we gave y'all a good season 
All right, we connected everything. We revealed the big bad. All right, now season two, we can take a little break. We just give fan service. We're gonna get more time with Tom Hiddleston. We don't, you don't have to. We just connect to the universe. We just give you everything that you know you guys want to see, and we can go far fetched. We can go completely ridiculous with stuff. How do you guys think they can have a successful season two? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at this one first. Um, what I think they could and should do with season two. Um, I think they could continue to explore the TVA. So I don't, ex- I don't really expect to see the TVA in any of the movies. This, se- this seems something that's very specific to this show. Um, and I think that for the movies, I don't really expect to see. For example, I don't really expect to see Mobius or um, Hunter. I think her name is B15. I think her name was, or even Renslayer. They might, one of them might have a cameo in the movies, but I don't really expect them to have like a major role in the movies. So I would say season two can really be about you know focus on the tva again you know because now you're dealing with a much different situation where loki now is unknown to mobius you know so basically their their relationship is going to have to start over and i think you could probably have some good laughs in season two by like having them to go through some of the same conversations that they went through in in season one and loki's like getting frustrated because he's like oh you're, you're supposed to know this like the mobius i know would have known this stuff like we talked about this already but so I think you can have some some good gags with that, you know, but I think that what you got to do is you got to focus on how the TVA now they've been playing defense for a while. They've been trying to keep the sacred timeline intact now. Now, you know, they got to play even I would say I was about to say they got to go on offense, but I, I think they got to play even more defense now because now, you know, they there's no sacred timeline to protect. You know, there's so many branching timelines now. That we have the, as they reference in the show, a multiversal war now between different uh, upcoming multiversal war between different timelines. So now it's about basically survival. You know, before they were trying to like they prevented some stuff, they pruned some timelines that didn't work out or that weren't part, part of the sacred timeline. The things that Rinsley was saying, like they let the things that should have happened, you know, happen and anything else as a variant, they're going to prune it and stuff like that. You know, they were very much in control. Now they don't have control and now they're going to have to really change their method and change the game for how they're going to deal with these branching timelines that are past the red line, that, that they're past the point of no return. They can't, they can't undo it. So now how are they going to, I guess, in this case, protect their timeline and basically survive instead of controlling scheme behind the scenes? I think that's what they could do for season two. Taking the behind the scenes. I like that. Um... So, like, one of the things that, like, that kind of, like, stood out to me, or one of the thoughts that I had was, how do we know that Sylvie sent Loki back to the sacred timeline? Like, she could have sent them back to, she could have accidentally sent them back to, like, a multiverse, like, or a branching timeline, because, you know, once she made the decision to kill uh, He Who Remains... Like when she already made that decision, everything started splitting. Um, so it could be something along the lines of, okay, look, he got to get back to his original timeline. Um, but as far as season two is concerned, you know, I think keeping that dynamic between, um, excuse me, between uh, Loki and Morbius, um, Mobius, between Loki and Mobius. Um, I think keeping that, you know, that banter between them two would definitely 
is definitely going to help. But also, like, I would like to be able to see because, you know, Judge Renslayer went off to go find her truth. Um, and now there's like, you know, multiple versions of that truth. And so I would like to see more development out of her because I really felt like she was kind of one note. But I think this would be an opportunity for her to have like a little more character development. Um, but also, like, I think that it will be interesting to see if they incorporate some multi- some multiverse hopping uh, adventures in in Loki. You know, like for instance, like you know, they might show a scene out of out of Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and it shows Loki and them like moving behind the scenes to you know like to you know like fix something, or you know, or you know, Spider Man Far From Home, not Far From Home, but uh, No Way Home. You know, them you know trying to figure out how to get Tom Holland back home, I guess, or you know to bring in. Or, you know, maybe like they'll bring like other people from other timelines to help out and whatnot, you know, just I don't know. But either way, like I think that I think that when it was all said and done, everybody was hyped for season two. Like when they confirmed that there was going to be a season two of Loki, you know, Loki being the first show to actually get a season two. I think, you know, everybody just lost their collective minds pretty much. Yeah. Um so yeah like i can't wait to see what marvel does again like marvel like kevin feige and marvel haven't really let me down i think the only time they've ever let me down is with thor in the dark world and uh and captain Cap- marvel that's it and, and captain america one no um yeah 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 captain yeah. america two as well you're right no definitely absolutely not, not. um de- definitely not uh definitely captain marvel and uh thor in the dark world yeah, yeah, Captain America. You, you leaving the poor one out of there, Captain Captain America. Captain America, first one, the one, the one where he uh, drove the plane into the, the ice, you know, and, and he basically froze himself for seventy years. That one. Which one was that? That was that was one, right? Yeah, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. yeah he let that's his origin story. That is his origin origin story. Like, that's what that's what happens in that's what happens in the comics. He is found frozen. And ice, like on ice for like 70 years. That's, that's, drove, they, they kept it comic accurate. They did. You know what? They did. And you know, for the, the most rest part, of this, it's comic accurate. They did. You know, for the rest of that movie, though, I would say, you know, yeah, no, nah, it's okay. They didn't have to do that. They have, we, didn't need, we didn't need, uh, you know, I'm surprised you didn't say the Hulk. I'm surprised. No, I said that. Because technically, well, you know what? It counts because literally in I Avengers really... One, it counts because in Avengers One, when uh, Tony Stark and Pepper Potts they were in uh, the Stark Tower, and you know Phil Coulson came in and all that blah blah blah, and you know Tony Stark uh, looked at the pad that Phil Coulson gave him, and it showed the Hulk. It showed all of them fighting in their profiles, but it had Ed Norton's Hulk in the battle of uh, the schoolyard, and they were showing uh, you know the combat, the scenes, literally the scenes from the movie, and. Uh, and even when you buy the pack, Incredible Hulk, um, still, you know, is part of that pack. And even, you know, uh, you know, the Bruce Banner in the MCU, the current one, uh, um, damn, I forgot Mark Ruffalo. I Mark Ruffalo. Uh, even, you know, when he talks about I broke Harlem, you know, I can't go to New because last time I broke Harlem, he's referring to the Incredible Hulk. So, you know, it's still. But it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, though. Like, it, it wasn't, wasn't that bad. It, it wasn't Captain Marvel or Thor Dark World bad. Yeah. Like, those two, like, that movie wasn't a disappointment to me. And not only that, but, like, 
with that movie, like with the behind, not behind the scenes stuff, but um, with the after credit stuff, you know, that gave the um, that was pretty much like the birth of the MCU, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, like even though. I mean, Iron Man had his movie, and even though you know Samuel L. Jackson was like, "Yo, you're part of a bigger universe than you know," right? Like, like, and the Incredible Hulk had like the first cameo, right. like had like the first uh, crossover cameo right. with Tony Stark. Yep, came you know? in the bar and talked to General Ross. Yo, shout out to General Ross. General Ross been in a lot of movies too. I mean, he was just in Black Seriously. Widow as well. Uh, Black Widow as well, and they have a plan yeah. for him. I mean, dang man, you got people that's been here for since. Mm-hmm. I actually hope he shows up in She-Hulk. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. has to show up in She-Hulk. I mean, the direction they're going. Of course, we see you know the snippet of Abomination and uh, and Shang Chi and everything. I feel like you know they're gonna try bringing a bomb, and of course, we're gonna have to address the Red Hulk, right? The project where he becomes insanely just out of his mind and try to become the Hulk. You know, I'm not going to spill too much over that because, you know, I don't know what direction MCU is going to go with that. But I feel like, you know, they're going to do General Ross some justice, man. He's relevant. He's definitely relevant, man. Mm. I do want to mention. I, it's interesting. I do want to mention something, though, like why we're we on this topic a little because we talk about Loki being a successful show. Right. And I want to elaborate this on this podcast. Cause like I'm saying. You know, we're changing the culture of everything. So when we were going on and talking about bad movies, right? I think we discussed already why Thor Dark World is a good movie. We just finished discussing why Loki was a good TV series. We discussed why Captain, uh, well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a good TV series. We discussed all this stuff, right? Um, And for those who may, I don't know, disagree with your statement, Raheem, while we're on the topic of MCU, why do you guys think? Or maybe it's a time, it's a discussion for another time, but I just want to clarify it since you already mentioned it. Uh, Captain Marvel was a bad movie, you know? Because we're like, yeah. we're so far, we just, yeah, because we just call Loki a great TV series, right? And I truly believe, I think it's in the culture, I think we do deserve an explanation why we got time. Just a quick one. Like, why? Why was Loki great and Captain Marvel not? Because I do I do challenge the thought. Because I, I'm realizing that in a Marvel Marvel fan base, some people say these movies are bad for some extreme reasons, and some I disagree with. But Devontae, I think he was going to answer. Yeah, uh, well, I, I do believe it could be beneficial to have like an entire podcast episode in general, or just about like you know challenging the narratives of certain movies. Because like you said, Sheldon, like. There is always a narrative around like different movies, you know, like people hate the narratives that most people hate movies like, um, you know, Thor, the Dark World, Iron Man 2, you know, Captain Marvel, is, it did make a lot of money. But here's my perspective, like my brief perspective, and then we can elaborate on this in an actual episode where we talk about it more. But you, know, you got to keep in mind with something like Loki. Um, we've just been talking about it. Loki has been around for a minute. You know, he was introduced way back in the first Thor movie. He's been a pretty much a, a well-liked character, a very likable character for several movies. And giving him his own TV show at this point was, um, you know, I don't think when it when it happened, when it was announced, not too many people were surprised by it and not too many people had a problem with it. Maybe some did, but most of the narrative was that like it was a good idea because, you know, we've seen plenty of his character over the movies. We've come to like him and grow with him. 
with Captain Marvel, you got to keep in mind with her introduction, guys, like I just I believe that one thing that Marvel did miss there was just introducing her character so late in the game, you know, and um, and then she comes up, you know, like even like a roadie was saying in, in Endgame, like, hey, new girl, like that's, that ain't how we do things here. You know, she's like, I'll go beat up Thanos myself. It's like she doesn't like she was introduced so late in the game. Um, you know, basically in, in Infinity War with the, the post credit scene there when Nick Fury sends her the message, we see the the logo and we know it is Captain Marvel, but there hadn't been any mention at all of Captain Marvel, you know, before then. And not that I know of. Maybe there was some Easter eggs, but her character was just introduced so late. And then they had to get they had to basically give her a, an origin story movie after that that's set in the nineties to reveal like who she is and where she came from. Mm-hmm. But we still don't know like throughout the course of these movies. You know, we didn't expect her to be coming in. You know what I mean? Like maybe if they had released her solo movie like in phase one and then there's this tease that she's going to be needed in the future. That's a different story. And then we can kind of like, you know, hear more about her. You kind of grow her lore within the MCU before she's introduced. You kind of have an idea of who she is and like what your expectations should be for her character. But introducing her who's supposed to be like this big game changer in the quote unquote most powerful Avenger, you know, so late without anybody knowing who she is or where she came from. That's personally right. one of the reasons why I believe that people didn't feel her movie as much. Right, right, right. Raheem, you got anything to add? Um, I just thought the movie was cheesy. Like I thought like all her dialogue was like super cheesy. Um, it and I felt like like her actions, her mannerisms, like all of that just didn't fit. And I do agree that, you know, she was introduced like too late in the game like if they would have introduced her they could have introduced her in phase two like they did with ant-man and it would have been more impactful than um then you know her being introduced like right before in game or right before um yeah right before in game um and i'm always going to say that i think black widow should have got her movie first before captain marvel like they were they Man. really like it really came across as them trying to like create a character that could compete with Wonder Woman when they already had Black Widow and even though they're like different like levels of like you know different tiers of power like that doesn't mean that you know to me like I think it was insulting that you know they thought that Black Widow couldn't compete with Wonder Woman and so they had to try to create like a like a Wonder Woman clone that that's how it came across is that like you know marvel was trying to come like and it's funny because like even in the comics like they're backtracking on captain marvel being the most powerful avenger and they're going back to thor being the most powerful avenger or the hulk being the most powerful avenger um even she hulk being the more even she hulk being more powerful than captain marvel um I, and even in the mcu like they're starting to backtrack that a little bit and i'm just kind of like okay that shows like how little of an impact her character actually made you know right right um, right right i just and like i definitely think that i i definitely think that by not having the captain marvel 2 but having the marvels you know monica rambo monica uh, monica rambo miss marvel and captain marvel in one movie i definitely think that's an opportunity to humanize Carol um, and an opportunity to make her likable. I'm definitely seeing that because you got two goats in that movie. You got uh, 
uh, Goat Rambo, and you got Kamala Goat. So you got two goats in that movie. It's going to be fire. But I actually brought that up, right? I brought that up because it still kind of ties into Loki because um, you guys are okay to disagree with me or not. But since Captain Marvel, Marvel uh, has not missed in any of their movies or shows, I feel like. And uh, I was actually kind of curious to see the psychology of that. Like, exactly why? Was it because these movies and TV shows were just that much better? Then Captain Marvel? Or was it something where the fans kind of had that like that whole John Walker effect where there was a fan service and all this other stuff? Now I will say, and this is for another episode, that I feel like we're on to something. And maybe this is gonna get a lot of people talking who come to these groups. Um, but like um I feel like, you know, definitely I agree with both of you guys. I hundred ten percent agree with both of you guys. But like moving forward, like I'm, I'm curious on like how we look at these movies now like because I feel like Marvel is back on a magnifying glasses after Loki like it's back on a magnifying like what if <laughs> like it's kind of crazy right like I wonder if we never see uh, Jonathan Majors ever again as Kang the Conqueror or he who remains would we still love Marvel will we still hate it like I'm just spitting some like fan service stuff out here but like I wonder how sensitive is this fan base now because like um we were we are we are very quick to like down a movie and y'all know me my least favorite Marvel character in a Marvel movie is Captain Marvel but I have evolved also into understanding like you gotta come at these movies and these shows a little bit different you know now um and like you gotta you gotta also understand that like to different people and to different other people uh, different other fans like you know certain shows and movies mean something different to them you know captain marvel could have been somebody's wonder woman looking at that and you know and as a group that we are in i would never want to shoot that down and then we got a show like loki loki could have been somebody's captain marvel which is like it's the worst thing on earth and you know and it's kind of like we be the series like oh man what how can you say loki is the blah, 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 blah. but it's like i love stuff like that because you get a chance to see different perspectives and life and don't lies but one of the cultures that is kind of like even me i had to look back on is just like like even like even like raheem said it a minute ago it's just like oh this this junk is just too cheesy and it's cringy and movies and tv shows do be like that but i try to give these shows and movies a, a like a bigger chance because mm-hmm. like and that's why I actually want to move forward with this, man. Just like superhero appreciations and characters and all the other stuff where we see why people like these characters. Why do people get excited about a season two of Loki? What's so special about Loki, right? Um, and why do people like Captain Marvel? Why do people like, you know, Daredevil, Iron Fist, or like Punisher, or you know, taking a DC, why do people like Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Batman, Superman, Flash? Why do people like this stuff? And can these movies and shows have a deeper meaning besides what we didn't get a chance to see in the big screen? Like, you know, um, and so that's why I brought it, brought it up because Loki went six for six, but like Loki wasn't perfect. Like, you know, the actual TV series, there's a lot of things I'm sure you guys was like, oh, they could have did a better job on it. Da, 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 da. They could have did this, this, and that. But that wasn't enough to be like, oh, you're Captain Marvel bad. Actually, you guys loved it. We all loved it, right? 
And so I'm actually interested in continuing on conversations like that because I think that's going to be a game changer, especially for the Marvel. Yeah. And, you know, so Marvel, Marvel has been pretty much like on top of the game for like years now. And I, I'll say this too, Sheldon, because I think this is, you know, good context for like how people would be looking at these shows and stuff in, in movies going forward. I think I personally think that when you have something that's just so dominant, like Marvel, you know, it's going to really amaze some people and it's going to like be great for some people like us who are hardcore fans. Um, there's some even casual fans who will be happy to, you know, look at some. They may not look at everything, but will definitely look at the movies because it's guaranteed to be two hours of a, of a good time in most cases. But you're also going to have people that are just more annoyed by Marvel's dominance in the industry. And True. they're going to look for any opportunity you know, essentially, they're going to want Marvel to end. Basically, they're going to want the MC. They're going to want to get to the point where the MCU is no longer the dominant thing in popular culture. So they're going to use any opportunity exactly. they get to be like, "Oh, this was a, a subpar movie or a subpar, subpar show. I guess this is the beginning of the end." You know, like people could have been saying that with Captain Marvel. If we get a bad show, it's going to be yeah. I can see the headlines now. You know, Marvel's um, you know vision for the future starts to show some cracks. Right. You know, they they. They really trusted their fans and asked a lot of their fans to watch the movies and the shows. And now fans are proving that that Marvel fatigue, you know, you're going to see those two words a lot in headlines. I'm sure going for Marvel fatigue is a real thing because, you know, the viewership on this show dropped down compared to, you know, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki. So that means that like exactly. you know, Marvel's experiment is starting to fail. You're going to see stuff like that because people want it to happen. People, some people are going to want to see Marvel fail exactly. so that they don't have to like hear about it anymore. They're annoyed by the headlines about like this show coming out and this show coming out. So they're going to want to hear, have stuff fail. So going back to what we've always sh- said, like don't just follow the narratives, like judge these shows for yourself. Like, you know, do you like the show? And if you do, great. If you don't, okay, fine. Like there's going to be another one. You know what I mean? So don't just buy into the narrative because I think those voices are going to start getting louder. The voices talking about Marvel's downfall and Marvel fatigue, they're just going to get louder over time because people really, some people really do want this to end. And so I'll say that. And then another thing, one thing I think I'll say before I pass on to Raheem is that with the multiverse and everything, it's very exciting. I will say I do want, I don't want the multiverse to be something that's used as a crutch too much. Where it's like, oh, that didn't matter because, you know, it wasn't in the sacred timeline or it wasn't in the main continuity or this matters because it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, I think it could be easy to overuse that sometimes. And I will say I don't want every single show or movie to be about the multiverse. I think there will be some great movies that deal with it. Um, But I don't want every single movie or show to have to deal with like this huge multiversal war thing. What you mean? You know, wouldn't it be cool to see Fast and the Furious? No way. <laughs> Tyrese and Ludacris no, show up in their car, absolutely bro. Absolutely no way. On Vormir, <laughs> bro. They got to get the Soul Stone. That wouldn't be cool, bro. Not not at all. <laughs> like that, if, if, if that happens, I'll be one of those voices in the crowd saying that Marvel needs you to... We're going to start throwing <laughs> real... T- I'll, I'll You're going to be a real raw tomato and just throw real tomatoes at the TV. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> hey, you know, if I agree with everything you said, man. Raheem, you got anything to chime in? Um, actually, no. I'm good. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, this pretty simple. And str- I think that's what it is, man. I think I think that's what it is. I think that's the next series of conversations. We have a little gap between the next Marvel and DC stuff coming out, movies and shows. So, like, 
we can get to talking, man. Just show some appreciation and dive deeper into these like these heroes. Because I, I I agree, Devonte, man. Like we're in a society. Um, it's unfortunate. And to let me narrow it down a little bit more, we're in a fan base where we don't even like seeing stuff at the top. But do super great. I feel like it's that little. Everybody got that little haterade in them. Not everybody, but like it's usually a group following, which is like you don't want something to get too successful, something too powerful. I feel like that's what happened to Star Wars, right? People got tired of hearing about Star Wars for a while, and then people got tired of hearing about this, this, and that, and Harry Potter, and all this other stuff, and so they were literally plotting and spreading things about their downfall. One of them had one of them to have a flop tv show one of them to have a flop actor and all this other stuff and i think marvel is getting set up for that direction so i'm gonna go ahead and call it now i hate to say it fellas but i feel like now that we got sam wilson as captain america they're gonna try to do that to captain america bro i, I, I can see it now i can see it now i can already see it now like they're gonna try to be like oh this movie, that movie, garbage, bro. The other three movies were better, which is like, man, that's that's disrespectful to say the other three are better. But Civil War and two, yeah, but the first one, yeah, nah. But like, yeah, like this culture, man. Like it's a, it can get really toxic sometimes. I'm gonna be honest, but that's why we have space like this podcast, y'all. It's Prime One Billion. We got spaces like this where you come out and talk, man. We want to hear it, man. We're gonna have an actual Captain Marvel appreciation podcast episode one of these days, man. I want to. I just want to hear why people, because there are some people who are Captain Marvel fans out there, and I want to hear exactly why you're Captain Marvel fans. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, because you know maybe you seen something in the movie that I did not see, you know, or we didn't see, or there's maybe something where we all were like, huh? Okay. That's cool. Cause like, even for me, like my least favorite two characters is Captain Marvel and, and Batman, to be honest, like, and it's for like a lot of other reasons, but like somebody actually had to break down to me why they liked it, Batman. And it's like, Oh, okay. I understand that. That's cool. All right. So now I can like look at his movies or read his comics or even play his games with a different perspective now. And as you guys know, Captain America was my recently convert. Like, I like seeing him in Infinity War and Endgame and not even going to lie, even Civil War um, and the first Avengers. It's like, OK, and I got a chance to read his comics. I got a chance to look deeper into the character and understood a lot of more about his character and what writers and producers were trying to do with his characters. And I felt like I was at that time I was getting drifted by the wave of just Captain America haters like, yeah, this guy is garbage. This not necessarily forming my own opinion. And it kind of ruined a lot of stuff that I couldn't experience. Like, like even I told Raheem, I think it was like after we seen Black Widow, Devontae wasn't there. But I was like, I'll be a bad Marvel fan to say uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America 2 was a bad movie. I'll be a bad Marvel fan. Ain't no way you can sit there and say that that movie's bad. Now, is do I feel like the movie's overrated? Of course absolutely is there a lot of far-fetched things in that movie absolutely but the movie's not bad but i feel like fan base and like just pure like being blind to the characters kind of deprived me from actually seeing the good and actually the cool things that i missed out in that movie you know i had to watch it a second time and i think you know marvel is in this position where yeah, we got Monica Rambeau coming up. We got Miss, you know, Kamala Khan coming up. We got Sam Wilson. We got Sebastian Stan. Shoot, we got Sylvie. 
we got Wanda Max, we got all these characters, right? Who are the new phase of Marvel. They can get set up to be like, you know what? That movie was bad. This junk sucked. That sucked. This did. Da, 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 da. Just to see Marvel do so successful, it's kind of like people want to see them fail now. And uh, people don't want to form their own opinion about these characters in these movies. And I'm like, nope. You know, that's what this, uh, this safe space is for, man. We're going to change that, man. We want to talk about all of it. And, you know, we want to hear all of it, man. Like, we want to see, you know, the things that we're missing in these movies in this show. We want to hear those things and we want to, you know, get a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, guys, that's all I got is Prime 1 Billion Podcast. Devontae, what's your handles? You can catch me on IG at T-A-Y underscore A-V-E. Bet, Raheem, what's your handles? You can catch me on IG at Raheem Harris. Bet, and you already know, it's probably one billion, guys. We're going live tonight, uh, July 18th on uh, Twitch. Uh, about estimated time in about the next 20 minutes we're going to live follow me on twitch prime one billion um follow me on instagram superman underscore prime one billion follow me on twitter real superman at real superman and uh stay tuned to the next episode y'all drop some names guys i want you guys to connect with us on our outlets tell me some of your favorite heroes um tell me what you guys thought about the loki show tell me what you guys you know, think they can do better in the next season, what you want to see in the next season. But most importantly, we want to start hearing from you guys and appreciate some of the things that, you know, we be missing out on these movies and these shows, you know. Um, and we want to start connecting with you guys. We're on Spotify Green Room now, so you guys can drop by and talk to us at any time. Shouts out to you guys. Thank you guys for uh, tuning into this episode. Prime 1 Billion out. Peace. Peace out.